Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. I hope you are all having a good day or night or whatever time of day it is, um, wherever you are. Things over here are a little crazy. I don't know if it's just the upcoming holidays or just a lot of things being out of my control, but I ha- I feel like I'm on a roller coaster of emotions where one day I am like, I love this season of life. Like I love Christmas season and, um, you know, just all of the amazing um, just family time and meals and everything special that we're doing. And then on the flip side, I have these really low points where it feels like all of the unknowns and all of the things that have not yet come to pass and all of the prayer requests for my own life and for my family and my friends seem to be kind of stagnant and like not happening. And so it's, I don't know if you guys are like me where it's almost like the like waves on the ocean where I get these waves of, oh my gosh, this is great and everything feels wonderful. And then the tide recedes and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then another wave will come. So anyways, I'm working on that right now, but I want to read a devotion out of um, Charles Stanley's God's Purpose for Your Life. I cannot believe it is December 1st. You guys, I feel like it was just December yesterday and like I had Ashton in my belly. It's so crazy how fast a year can go. And I'm pretty sure it was in the last devotion I was talking about basically just, or maybe two ago, but just how much can change in a year. We just have to make that decision to make a different decision today. And then one year from today, we'll be in a completely different place based off of the decisions we make today. So anyways, let's jump into today's devotion. It is called Falling and Rising. And it is so good. I hope that this blesses you as much as it blessed me because it's just such a good one. The opening scripture is Psalm 37, 24, and it says, When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. The devotion says, You may fail in your faith. You may fall to the temptations of this world, take matters into your own hands, and mess up completely. Do not fall for the enemy's lie that the Father has rejected you because of it. 1 John 1, 9. Part of God's process of making you into Christ's image is helping you understand the unseen strongholds that are preventing you from giving him full access to your life. He reveals an area of stubborn self-sufficiency in you and then sets about breaking your bondage to it. So don't give up. Proverbs 24, 16 instructs, the God may trip seven times, or I'm sorry, not the God, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. This is the difference between those who have a true relationship with God and those who don't, the ability to fall and get back up. As someone who knows Jesus as your savior, you always have someone to help you after you've fallen. You always have forgiveness and hope for a good future. Therefore, confess your sin, repent, get back up, and steady yourself on God. And take heart that he continues to work out all things in your life as you trust him. And the prayer at the bottom says, Jesus, thank you for always helping me back up. With you, I always have hope. Amen. I just love this so much. Um, I love how it talks about how God will reveal the areas in our life that are strongholds or maybe those areas of stubborn self-sufficiency because he is our all-sufficient one, right? He is the one who is everything um, for us and to us. We have all of our needs met by him and through him. And sometimes it is just part of the human condition. It does not make you bad, any less full of faith, any worse of a Christian or anything like that. Sometimes we just take matters into our own hands. It's just what we do. 
our life is a constant act or should be a constant act of re of, of kind of checking in and being like, Oh, I picked that up again. Sorry. And then putting it back on the altar. At least that's my life. Um, I definitely am like, I have moments of total surrender, maybe even weeks, months, maybe even years. But then inevitably, all of a sudden, I'm like, why are things not going my way? Why do I feel this struggle or like I'm up against a wall? What? And then when I relook, I'm like, oh, that is no longer in your hands. I am holding it again. How did I? How? It's like I'm sleepwalking back to, to take something over. But I think it's just human nature. We want to have some sense of control because there's so much that is out of our control. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to just mention and encourage because there was a season of my life where things just weren't working. They weren't going. Um, I kind of knew what was happening. And this was in a season where I was dating someone who I wanted to marry because I had put in so much time, so much effort. And of course I loved them. Um, you, you wouldn't be with someone if you didn't, but I was like asking God to, to work it out, make it, you know, be, can you bless this? Can you make him change? Can you make him more spiritual or can you make this? Can you, I was asking him to work around me, if if I can be honest, and it was not happening. And I was like, gosh, what is this strain? What is this stress? And then I was just crying out to God. I'm like, God, I want your will. I want your will. And he kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I feel like this might resonate with one of you. It is different to sincerely want something than wanting to want something. Because in the moment, I was saying, God, I want your will. But if I could be honest, I didn't really want his will. I wanted him to fulfill my will. What I wanted is I had such a desire to want his will, but I wasn't there yet. And I think it was understanding, oh, I'm saying one thing, but I don't mean what I'm saying. And it wasn't lying and I wasn't trying to, you know, be deceitful or deceptive to God or anything like that. I sincerely thought I wanted that, but every single one of my life decisions and actions said, no, you don't. And so when I really had to get just honest and really just look myself in the mirror and say, okay, you need to be honest about where you're at. Lord, I don't want your will. If it means that I have to break up with this person because it's going to hurt them, it's going to hurt me. I've put in so much time and effort. It's taken, you know, X amount of time to get this close to another human being. What is going to happen? Like, how long is it going to take to meet us to meet someone else? How long is it going to take to build that foundation? How, like, I was just all about the details and the logistics and how it probably like how it couldn't work. So I was trying to make this work because the other alternative was something I didn't want. The hilarious thing is whatever we think of as the alternative, God has something so much more crazy and amazing in store. So I just want to encourage anyone out there who's like, oh, I know that this isn't right, but I just don't want to start over again. That's a terrible reason to stay. Don't do that. God has something so amazing for you. With Kellen, I remember being with one boyfriend for two and a half years and thinking, oh my gosh, it's taken two and a half years for us to get this close, right? To become friends and have a relationship and share these moments, right? That create intimacy. Ugh, it's going to take me years longer. I'm going to be this age. Then it's we're going to be engaged for this long. Then it's going to be this long before we have... I had this whole thing in my head, like a whole 10-year issue in my head. And do you know that in one conversation... I was closer to Kellen in one phone call. I was closer to Kellen. I was more intimately connected with him. And we talked about more real stuff 
than in years of other relationships. And I just feel like, and I don't know the verse off the top of my head, but Kellen and I were talking about it the other day, how, you know, a day, uh, a day for God is like a thousand years. And for us, and it's just like, so true. If that's the case, then God can do in 30 seconds, what we can do in five years, you know, like he don't, don't put God in a box. Don't, I understand and definitely tell him your stresses and your worries. Don't suppress them. Don't, don't force them down. Cause I also think that those nasty thoughts and the lies from the enemy need to be brought to light so that the light can burn them up, but don't dwell on those confess them, but then also proclaim in faith. But I know that your ways are not my ways. That's also a verse. Your ways are not my ways. Your ways are higher than my ways. Um, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Like I'm just going to choose to stand there. And I just want to encourage you because there's just the price of your obedience. I even want to say the reward of your obedience is literally everything you could ever desire and imagine. And then some, and I feel like every time God was telling me to do something, the first thing was like, oh, I need to be real with myself. I want to want that. But if I'm honest, I don't really want that. Or I would make the, I would make the decision. Like I would make the change. And so I had to deal with that first, get closer to God so that my want was actually what I wanted to want. I hope that makes sense. And then just getting better and practicing. And I'm still trying to just be in the flow of this, which is just as soon as he says move, just move. Don't question it. Don't second guess it. Don't tell him all the ways that it could go wrong and where potential potholes are or sinkholes or like where you might trip or stumble. Just just go for it and trust that if he's telling you to go somewhere, he's got all of that covered for you. So I hope this was encouraging. I hope this was helpful. I love you guys so much and I'll see you next time.